Hello, everyone. This is your host, John Hagedorn. There's a place in everybody's mind where you can go to take a break from the worries of everyday life and work. It's not always easy to find that place. Most of us don't have a name for it, but it's there. You might be driving coast to coast solo or staying up late at night hoping for sleep, and all you want to do is to find a place where you can tune in something interesting and tune out all the clutter that's going on in your mind. Getting into a good story is a good way to find that place. I'm a curator of all types of stories, many of which I narrate for my 1001 Stories Network shows. I'm also a connoisseur of vintage radio shows, mostly from the 50s, before television took hold and took imagination and great script writing out of the picture. I've created a place you can go to any time you need a great story, and it's called 1001 Stories from Roy's Diner, or simply Roy's Diner. It's just up ahead on the right. On the menu tonight at Roy's Diner, the very best of 50s vintage suspense, thriller, and sci-fi radio episodes. We're inviting you to stop in for a story or two. The coffee here is free. And now, our story. Another tale well calculated to keep you in... Suspense. Mary Cecilia Rogers was murdered in the vicinity of New York City in the summer of 1842. It was still an unsolved crime in November when The Mystery of Marie Roget was published. The author, Edgar Allan Poe. It paralleled in every essential detail the murder of Mary Rogers. Poe wrote it far from the scene of the atrocity with only the newspaper reports of the day. Nevertheless, the subsequent confession connected with the murder of Mary Rogers confirmed not only the killer named by Poe, but all the chief details by which he arrived at his identification. Good evening. My name is Dupin. I should like to extend an invitation. Regard first a certain event which truly occurred in New York City on a warm summer night in 1842. Secondly, I invite you to employ your imagination and displace that same event intact with all of the essential facts to a cobbled old world Paris on an identical warm and fragrant summer night in the same year. Lastly, and most interesting, I should like to invite you to attend that event. It is a murder. <laughs> the general design and mental character of the atrocity, indeed the first knowledge of its occurrence, came to my attention on Wednesday night, the 25th day of June. the prefect of police. I am, monsieur. Uh, Dupin? Yes, monsieur. Oh, thank you for coming, monsieur. I wasn't certain my messenger would find you. No, this way, monsieur. Please. André, the lantern for monsieur Dupin. Oh, she died harshly. Yes, yes, yes. Beaten, choked, drowned. Oh, yes, quite harshly, yes. She was beautiful, monsieur. Once, perhaps, yes. Still. But Mademoiselle what? In life she had a name. In death she must also have a name. 
Any of you? Monsieur, none of them know her, I have asked. But her clothes and jewels say she was known, Dupin. Good clothes, torn and disordered in her terrible struggle, but good. And the jewelry, not expensive, but tasteful. This woman, in my opinion, Dupin, was known. And loved, Monsieur Prefect. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, Dupin... This is why I sent for you. I've been through these things before. The newspapers will write stories. Their reporters will make conjecture. Although there is no name for her now, there will eventually be a name. And then, monsieur, I will be called upon to produce her assassins. There is so little to go on. The eyes of the public will be upon me and my honor is at stake. And my honor too, Monsieur Prefect, if I am involved in the investigation. Dupin, listen. There is a fund at the Prefecture, a sizable fund which I am authorized to use when circumstances arise. For your services, I am willing to make a direct and liberal proposition. Dupin... You will help me to find the answer to this woman's death. The form about the mouth, as in the case of the merely drowned monsieur, air bruises, impressions of fingers. It was a strangulation by hand and by this card, monsieur. Yes. The doctor, the Supin. An ingenious knot in that cord, don't you think? This is a slip knot, a sailor's knot. Sailor's knot. She was found in water. Why did she die, monsieur? For her beauty, perhaps, for love, for hate. It was Sunday. Huh? Observe, doctor. There are no marks to prove she was wetted and then shaken loose. Yes, she quit life on Sunday. Murdered in the dark, thrown into the river... Unweighted. Monday, Tuesday, she remained as a corpse, will on the bottom. And then on the third day, tonight, as a corpse, will, she rose. She was murdered on the bank, then taken out to her grave in a boat. And there had to be a man who knew how to handle a boat in the tricky current. Who is there? It is I, the prefect. I have someone who thinks he may know her. Come in, monsieur. Ahead of me, please. With your permission, Doctor, Monsieur Dupin, Monsieur Beauvais. How do you do? How do you do? Monsieur Beauvais has been searching since Monday for news of a Marie Roger. Mademoiselle Roger is an employee of Monsieur Beauvais, correct, Monsieur? Yes, I am a perfumer. I called on her mother, Madame Roger, Monday when Marie did not appear at my shop. Madame informed me that Marie had left Sunday to visit her aunt at Rue de Drome. She has not yet returned. I see. And what else? Well, I cannot say, monsieur. So far, I have ascertained that she never arrived at Rue de Drome. And indeed, no one has seen her since Sunday. Not even Jacques Saint-Eustace. Who is Jacques Saint-Eustace, Beauvais? Monsieur Saint-Eustace is the accepted suitor of Marie Roger. He lodges and takes meals at the pension kept by Madame Roger. He was to have gone for his uh, betrothed at dusk Sunday and to have escorted her home. In the afternoon, it rained heavily, and supposing that she would remain at her aunt's, he did not think it necessary to keep his promise. She has stayed there under similar circumstances. And where is Jacques Saint-Eustace at this moment? Searching and anxious as I am for Marie Roger. But uh, where he went, I do not know. It is three days since Sunday. 
Four days, really. But three, that Mary Roger has been considered missing. Your search is tardy. Uh, I know, monsieur. Well? I am at your mercy. She has disappeared twice. Ah. The first time she disappeared was about uh, three years ago. Her mother or friends were unable to account for her disappearance. I was distracted with anxiety and terror. Mm, did you notify the police? In that case, immediately, sir. But suddenly, Marie reappeared one fine morning after being absent a whole week. So you did not call the police this second time she disappeared? Well, what has happened once it can happen again, monsieur. What did happen that week she was away? I do not know. I do not honestly know. But you doubt the story of visiting a relative? I will not say. Show him what we have, doctor. If you will kindly step over here, Monsieur Beauvais. Now, Monsieur Beauvais, if you please. Do you know this woman, sir? It is her! It is Marie Roger! Oh, it is her! Poor little Marie, poor Marie. Why does Beauvais cry, Dupin? The girl only worked for him. Ah, he has not told us all. He is suspect, Dupin, and I will have a word with him. Huh? Stay. But Dupin, why does he weep for a shop girl, a grisette who is promised to another? He weeps for youth and beauty. just a moment, we will return for the second act of Suspense. Welcome, recording star Mel Torme. It's terrible trying to sing with a bad cold. So I always take four-way cold tablets to relieve cold miseries fast. Good idea. Tests of all the leading cold tablets proved four-way fastest acting. Four-Way starts in minutes to relieve muscular pains, headache, reduce fever, calm, upset stomach, also overcomes irregularity. When you catch cold, try my way. Take Four-Way cold tablets. Fast way to relieve cold distress and feel better quickly. Four-Way, only 29 cents. Our program will continue in a moment after a word about another fine product of Grove Laboratories. Does dandruff dull your hair, leave scalp itchy? Get Fitch Dandruff Remover Shampoo and get rid of unsightly dandruff in three minutes. Three minutes with Fitch regularly is guaranteed to keep embarrassing dandruff away forever. Apply Fitch before wetting hair. Rub in one minute. Add water. Lather one minute. Rinse one minute. Every trace of dandruff goes down the drain. Three minutes with Fitch. Unsightly dandruff's gone. Fitch can also leave your hair up to 35% brighter. Fitch Dandruff Remover Shampoo. Dupin again. You will recall the event we have been attending in Paris. I invite you now to keep in mind this solemn fact that Marie Roger died violently. That her lover, Jacques Saint-Eustace, is missing. Where she died, who administered her death, for what reason, remained to be known. Attend at this point another event, if you will. 
which was arranged by that zealous and righteous man, the Prefect of Police. Ah, thank you for coming, Dupin. You have located the lover, Saint Eustace. Saint Eustace? Oh, no, no, he's unimportant, I assure you. Somewhere right now he drinks and tries to forget. <laughs> but what I have here is important, most important. Uh, Madame Dulac, if you please. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening. This is Madame Dulac. She has something of interest to tell you, and I have something of interest to show you. Good evening, madame. I have maintained this tavern many years, right here, close to the bank of the river. No fear with me, madame. I have no authority to do anything but respect your person and your thoughts. What is this information? I saw a young woman here Sunday. Monsieur says it was Marie Roger. It was, definitely. Just a moment. Sunday? Yes, mid-afternoon. And later, perhaps. Where? Right here in my tavern. She arrived accompanied by a young man of dark, swarthy complexion. The two remained here for some time. On their departure, they took the road through some thick woods. That way. Toward the river, Dupin. And this is a secluded neighborhood. Oh, go on, madame, go on, go on. Soon after they left, a gang of miscreants made their appearance here. They behaved boisterously. They ate and drank without payment. Then left and followed the route of the young girl and the young man. That same way. I see. About dusk, the same gang reappeared and recrossed the river in great haste. I see. And you are certain it was Marie Roger? Never fear. My men spoke with an omnibus driver, a man named Valence, who knew Marie Roger. He claims he saw her cross the Seine on the Sunday afternoon in question with a swarthy man who fits the exact description of Madame. What else, monsieur? I will show you. Come on. I followed him through the back of the tavern into the thick wood which lined the Seine at that point. He stopped when we had come to a cross thicket within which were three or four large stones forming a kind of seat with a back and a footstool. Note, Dupin, a white petticoat here and here a silk scarf, parasol, gloves, pocket handkerchief. Inspect the handkerchief, Dupin. Thank you. You know the name Marie Roger embroidered there? Yes. So this is the place she met her death. Of course it is, and I have found it. Look, the earth is trampled where she struggled, and over here, bushes still broken. Every evidence of a terrible struggle. And here, the fence has been taken down, and the ground shows that some heavy burden was dragged along it, eh? Toward the river. Come, look for yourself. What do you say now? I am wondering. Wonder? We have facts now, sir. Important facts. Do you recall a strip of one of the unfortunate girl's petticoats had been tied about her mouth, probably to prevent her screams? I do. This was done by fellows who had no pocket handkerchiefs. Miscreants, Dupin. Miscreants such as those who visited Madame Dulac's tavern and later went the same way as Marie Roger and her companion. There are many such gangs about here. <laughs> now, all we have to do is locate them, and I know how to do that.
just a moment. We will return for the concluding act of... Suspense. Pepsi-Cola refreshes without filling. Why? Because it's truly light. Charlie, you're forgetting something. Wait, Kay, there's more. Yes, ice-cold Pepsi is the delicious refreshment that goes great at a picnic or a party. But, Charlie... And Pepsi goes fast. People like it, so keep plenty handy. There. Oh, you did fine, except for one thing. Well, I mentioned lightness and how Pepsi refreshes and how fast it goes. You left out Pepsi sociability. You know the Be Sociable song. But, Kay, I can't sing. I can. Listen. Be sociable, not smart. Keep up to date with Pepsi. Drink light, refreshing Pepsi. Stay on air and air. Be sociable. Have a Pepsi. Well, at least I can say this. Pick up an extra carton of Pepsi today. Please do. That night, the shrill cries of the Paris newsboys proclaimed the prefect's resolve. He offered a reward of 20,000 francs and a full pardon for any king's evidence. It was an accepted conclusion that Marie Roger had been waylaid and slain by a gang of miscreants in the vicinity of Madame du Lac's tavern. <laughs> well, now you defeated Monsieur Dupin, now that I have solved the mystery of Marie Roger? No, Monsieur. <laughs> I have doubled the reward. Soon one of the miscreants will come forward. Then you will see. 40,000 francs should be temptation enough. <laughs> 20,000 was temptation enough. What? No one will come forward, sir. A gang such as he's hoped for would be composed of men who have never seen more than a hundred francs at one time. Twenty thousand would bring all of them, if they had any knowledge of Marie Roger's murder. They are just waiting, you know that? Waiting? When each is in jeopardy because of the other? Oh, we shall see, Dupin. Wait. It was one man. Huh? A man who dragged the body of Mademoiselle to the river's edge. A gang, even two men, could have carried it. Oh. A gang would have lifted it over the fence easily instead of taking a fence down, as it was taken down. One man labored hard. My conjecture is as good as yours. Are you talking of Saint Eustace? No. He is quite unguilty. Monsieur, allow me to point out that the newspapers, the police, all have identified themselves with what apparently happened. We must consider what did not happen. First, a gang did not set upon her and murder her. Secondly, Marie Roger had no intention of visiting her aunt at Rue des Drômes when she left her mother and lover last Sunday morning. Dupin, if you have confidential information, explain yourself. I have the same information as you, nothing else. You said she had no intention of visiting her aunt that day. Why do you say that? Monsieur, consider what might have happened if her intended Jacques Saint-Eustace had called for her at her aunt's and discovered she was not there, that she had not been there all day. He would have been chagrined, suspicious, angry. Saint-Eustace would have been all of these. Something for Marie Roger to worry about when she returned home. But nothing to worry about if Marie did not intend to return home. Mm, a point to consider, perhaps. Go on. Consider that she kept a rendezvous instead. This we know. 
a rendezvous with a swarthy man. We have been told by two witnesses who saw him. Now, monsieur, I ask you, as I have asked myself, did this swarthy companion allow Marie to be slain before his eyes? Or was he himself slain trying to help her? If so, where is his body? He left her before she was set upon, obviously. Did he leave her alone in such a dark district? Would they quarrel? Indeed, they did. Another question. Marie Roger's death is known everywhere in France. Why has he not come forward to help us clear up the mystery? For many reasons. Uh, perhaps he's married. Uh, he has left. He's uninformed. He's... He has a swarthy complexion. A sea complexion. A well-attested fact. Now accumulate that with the cord that was tied about her neck in a sailor's knot. Monsieur Dupin, I and cannot... And the need of a skilled boatsman to handle a boat on the river to dispose of the body. But it could be anyone. No, it could not. Huh? Marie Roger was a gay, not an abject girl. And no common seaman for her. An officer. A naval officer, monsieur like the one who might have led her into a false elopement the first time she disappeared. Three years pass. The approved time for a French man of war to consume encircling the globe. The officer returns, thinking of the same coquette, Marie Roger, the same bargain. What he has managed to do once, he can do again. Marie meets him Sunday for this purpose. Then she thinks the better of an elopement and refuses to accompany him. Santostas has captured her love. Her former lover slays her in quick anger and he drags her body to the river. Commandeers a boat and... Where do I find him? And whatever ship has arrived from the world cruise. His name? What is his name, Dupin? Inquire for the name of the young officer who has applied for leave to get married. But there must be many such among a ship's complement returning after a long cruise. Agreed. But, Monsieur Prefect, there is only one naval officer who has returned to his ship without a bride. André! André! We leave at once for the naval yards. has been an interesting evening. And now I issue a last invitation, my friends. I invite you to retain all that you have heard and employ this time, instead of your imagination, your sense of reality. For Marie Roger of Paris was truthfully Marie Rogers of New York. Let your reality move you back to New York City on a winter day, some months after the event described in the darkening afternoon inside a gray stone building. I invite you to attend another event. I think you will find significant. Ensign Robert Bryant Wilson. You have been found guilty of the murder of Mary Cecilia Rogers. It is the judgment of this court that you be hanged by the neck until you are dead.
Suspense. You've been listening to The Mystery of Marie Roget, a story by Edgar Allan Poe, written for Suspense by E. Jack Newman. In a moment, the names of our players and a word about next week's story of Suspense. Are you out of tune due to irregularity? Then help yourself get back in tune with Kellogg's All Brand. Pleasant, isn't it? The feeling of well-being you get when constipation from lack of bulk is no longer a worry. When harsh, irritating drug laxatives can be thrown away. Because Kellogg's All Brand is the normal, natural way to regularity. Its whole brand content gentles away constipation supplies your system with the bulk-forming foods you need for youthful regularity. And it tastes good, too. Fact is, Kellogg's All Bran is the one and only whole brand cereal that combines proved effectiveness with appetizing taste and crispness. So if you're out of tune, help yourself get back in tune, as millions do, with Kellogg's All Bran. A-double-L-hyphen-B-R-A-N. Kellogg's All Bran. in tonight's story were Jackson Beck as Dupin, Bob Dryden as the Prefect, and Guy Rapp as Beauvais. Others in our cast included Abby Lewis, Jim Bowles, Ethel Everett, and Ronald Dawson. Listen again next week when we return with the Radio Classic, first broadcast on Suspense, May 25, 1943. Sorry, wrong number. Starring Agnes Moorhead. Another tale well calculated to keep you in suspense on CBS Radio. Suspense. On May 25th, 1943, a great radio play was performed on suspense and carried on CBS Radio. That now famous radio play has been transferred to other media as well. Television, motion pictures, recordings, and the stage. The title was Sorry, Wrong Number, and it was written by Lucille Fletcher and originally starred Agnes Moorhead. We revive that radio classic now with the same star of 17 years ago. Listen then to Agnes Moorhead in Sorry, Wrong Number, which begins in one minute. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Remember how much racket automobiles used to make? Time was you practically had to bellow to make yourself heard above the chatter and roar of the engine, the howl of the wind rushing by, and the rattling a rough road gave your poor old buggy and brains. Well, nowadays, with vastly improved automotive engineering and magnificent new superhighways, you literally purr along the road. Now, this is a vast improvement, but one that can offer danger if you're not alert. You're sitting behind the wheel, with the miles of highway unrolling smoothly before you. Suddenly, a sharp curve jumps in front of you, and you find you have to use the skill of a professional racer to navigate the curve without getting into real big trouble. Your car was so quiet, 
that your speed had crept up stealthily during those long miles of straightaway. You were burning along without realizing it. The point here, a simple one, is this. Your speedometer was put there for a purpose. A purpose you can't afford to forget. Keep alert, take care, and get there. And now... Sorry, Wrong Number, starring Miss Agnes Moorhead. A tale well calculated to keep you in... Suspense. Operator? Operator, I've been dialing Murray Hill 40599. Now, for the last three quarters of an hour, and the line is always busy, I don't see how it could be busy that long. Will you try it for me, please? I will be glad to try that number for you. One moment, please. You see, it's my husband's office. He's working late tonight, and I'm all alone here in the house. My health is very poor, and I've been feeling so nervous all I am day. ringing Murray Hill 40599. Hello? 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 Is Mr. Stevenson there? Hello? 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 Hello, George? Yes, boss. This is George speaking. Hello? Who's this? What number is this, please? I'm here with our client. Oh, good. Is everything set up for tonight? Well, yes, George. He says everything is set up. Good. What number is this, please? Where are you now? In the phone booth. Don't worry. Everything is okay in my department. Very well. You got the address? Sure, I got it all cased. At 11 o'clock, the private patrolman goes around to a bar on 2nd Avenue for a what? beer. Yes. At 11.15, a train crosses the bridge. Makes a noise in case her window is open and she should scream. Uh, hello? Remember, George, make it quick. Our client doesn't wish her to suffer long. Oh. I'll use a knife then. Yes, a knife will do very well. And remember afterwards, remove her rings and bracelets and the jewelry in the bureau drawer. Our client wishes it to look like simple robbery. I know, I know. Don't worry. I never muff a job like this. Everything's okay. I never... Oh, how awful. How unspeakably... Operator? Operator, I've just been cut off. I'm sorry. What number were you calling? Why, well, it was supposed to be Murray Hill 40599, but it wasn't some wires must have got crossed, and I was cut into a wrong number, and I, I've just heard the most dreadful things, something about a murder. And, Operator, you'll simply have to trace that call at once. What was the number? Well, I don't know. It was a wrong number, and these two men, they were cold-blooded fiends, and they were going to murder somebody, some poor, innocent woman who was all alone in a house near a bridge. Uh, we've got to stop them. We've what just got to... What number were you calling? Well, that doesn't matter. It was a wrong number. Now, look, it was obviously a case of some little slip of the finger. I asked you to get me Murray Hill 40599 who dialed it, but your finger must have slipped. And I was connected with some other number. I, I could hear them, but they couldn't hear me. Now, I simply fail to see why you couldn't make that same mistake again on purpose, why you couldn't try to dial Murray Hill 40599 in the same sort of careless way. Murray Hill 40599. I will try to get it for you. Well, thank you. Sorry, Murray Hill 40599 is busy. Uh, but, operator... Yes, ma'am? You didn't try to get that wrong number at all. I asked you explicitly, and all you did was dial correctly. I'm sorry. I will connect you with the supervisor. Well, please. 
This is the supervisor. May I help you? Uh, yes, I, I want you to trace a call, a telephone call immediately. I don't know where it came from or who was making it, but it's absolutely necessary that it be traced because it was about a murder that someone's planning. A, a terrible, cold-blooded murder of a poor, innocent woman tonight at 11.15. I see. Well, can you trace it for me? Can you track down those men? I'm not certain. I can try. May I have your name, please? Uh, Mrs. Stevenson, Mrs. Albert. Stevenson. But, but listen... And I, your telephone number, please? Oh, Plaza 37599. But if you go on wasting all this why time... Why do you want this call traced, please? Why? Well, I told you why. These men sounded like killers. They're dangerous. They're going to murder this woman at 11.15 tonight, and I thought the police ought to know. Have you reported this to the police? Well, no, not yet. You want this call checked purely as a private individual? Well, yes, but meanwhile... I'm sorry, you... Mrs. Stevenson, but I'm afraid we couldn't trace the call just on your say-so as a private individual. Oh. We'd have to have something more official. Oh, for heaven's sake. Well, all right, I'll call the police. Thank you. I'm sure that would be the best way to get home. Ridiculous. The second act of Suspense continues in one minute. Meet star Stuart Irwin. Nothing's worse for an actor than a nasty cold. To feel better quickly, I take wonderful four-way cold tablets. The fast way to relieve cold distress. Right. Tests of all the leading cold tablets proved four-way fastest acting. Four-way starts in minutes to relieve muscular pains, headache, reduce fever, calm upset stomach, also overcomes irregularity. Take my advice. For your next cold, take four-way cold tablets, the fast way to relieve those cold miseries. Four-way, only 29 cents. Our program will continue in a moment after a word about another fine product of Grove Laboratories. Had dandruff for years? Now get rid of it in three minutes with Fitch Dandruff Remover Shampoo. Three minutes with Fitch regularly is guaranteed to keep unsightly dandruff away forever. Apply Fitch before wetting hair, rub in one minute. Add water, lather one minute, then rinse one minute. Every trace of dandruff goes down the drain. Three minutes with Fitch, embarrassing dandruff's gone. Fitch can also leave hair up to 35% brighter. Get Fitch Dandruff Remover Shampoo today. And now... We continue with Act Two of Sorry, Wrong Number, starring Miss Agnes Moorhead. A tale well calculated to keep you in... Suspense. The police department. Get me the police department, please. Thank you. I will connect you with the police department. Oh, dear. You have to dial. Can't you ring them directly? <sighs> police station, precinct 43, Sergeant Martin speaking. Police department? Oh, uh, uh, this is Mrs. Stevenson. Mrs. Albert Smythe Stevenson of 53 North Sutton Place. I'm calling up to report a murder. I, I mean, the, the murder hasn't been committed yet, but I just... I overheard plans for it over the telephone, over a wrong number that the operator gave me. Yes, ma'am. It was a perfectly definite murder. I heard their plans distinctly. Uh, two men were talking, and they were going to murder some woman at 11.15 tonight. Uh, she lived in a house near a bridge. Are you listening to me? Yes, ma'am. And there was a private patrolman on the street. He was going to go around for a beer on 2nd Avenue. And uh, there was some third man, a client, who was paying to have this poor woman murdered. They were going to take her rings and bracelets and use a knife. 
Uh, well, it's, it's just unnerved me dreadfully, and I'm not well. I see, and uh, when was all this, ma'am? About eight minutes ago. And what was that number you were calling? Murray Hill 40599, but that wasn't the number I overheard. I mean, Murray Hill 40599 is my husband's office. He's working late tonight, and I was trying to reach him to ask him to come home. I'm an invalid, you know, and it's the maid night off, and I hate to be alone, even though he says I'm perfectly safe as long as I have the telephone right beside my bed. Well, we'll look into it, Mrs. Stevenson, see if we can check it with the telephone company. Check it! I've already taken care of that. Oh, you have? Yes, and personally, I feel you ought to do something far more immediate and drastic than just check the call. I'd say the whole thing calls for a search. A complete and thorough search of the whole city. I'm very near the bridge, and I'm not far from 2nd Avenue, and I know I'd feel a whole lot better if you sent around a radio car to this neighborhood at once. And what makes you think the murder's going to be committed in your neighborhood, ma'am? Well, I... Well, I don't know. Only the coincidence is so horrible. Uh, 2nd Avenue, the patrolman, the bridge? Look, lady, why don't you look at it this way? Suppose you hadn't broken in on that telephone call. Suppose you'd got your husband the way you always do. You wouldn't be so upset, would you? Well... I suppose not, only it sounded so inhuman, so cold-blooded. Unless, of course, you have some reason for thinking that someone may be planning to murder you. Me? Oh, no, no, I hardly think so. I I mean, why should anybody? I'm alone all day and night. I, I see nobody except my maid, Eloise. She's a big girl. She weighs 200 pounds. She's too lazy to bring up my breakfast tray. And the only other person is my husband, Albert. He's just crazy about me. He just adores me. Waits on me hand and foot. He's scarcely left my side since I took sick 12 years ago. Well, then there's nothing for you to worry about. Now, if you'll just leave the rest of this to us, we'll take care of it. But what will you do? It's so late. It's nearly 11 now. We'll take care of it, lady. Well, will you broadcast it all over the city and send out squads and warn your radio cars to watch out, especially in suspicious neighborhoods like mine? Look, lady, I said we'd take care of it. Just now, I've got a couple of trunks here that require my immediate attention. Good night, ma'am, and thank you. Oh, you, you idiot. Oh. Now, why did I hang up the phone like that? Now he'll think I am a fool. Oh, why doesn't Elbert come home? Why doesn't he? Get the operator. Operator? Operator, for heaven's sake, will you ring that Murray Hill 40599 number again? I can't think what's keeping him so long. I will try it for you. Try. You don't have to tell me. I know it's busy. Oh, if I could only get out of this bed for a little while. If I could just get a breath of fresh air or just lean out of the window and see the street. Oh. Hello? Albert? Hello? 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 Oh, what's the matter with this phone? Hello? Hello? What in the world? Hello? Hello? Oh, for heaven's sake, who is this? Hello? 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 I don't know what's the matter with this telephone tonight, but it's positively driving me crazy. I've never seen such inefficient, miserable service. Now, look, I'm an invalid, and I'm very nervous, and I'm not supposed to be annoyed. But if this keeps on much longer... What seems to be the trouble, please? Well, everything's wrong. I haven't had one bit of satisfaction out of one call I've made this evening. The whole world could be murdered for all you people care, and now my phone keeps ringing and ringing and ringing and ringing every five seconds, and when I pick it up, there's over there. I'm sorry. If you will hang up, I will test it for you. I don't want you to test it for me. I want you to put that call through, whoever it is, at once. 
I'm afraid I can't do that. You can't? Oh, you can't. And why? Why, may I ask? The dial system is automatic. Automatic? And meanwhile, I've got to sit here in my bed suffering every time that phone rings, imagining everything. I will try to check the trouble for you. Oh, for heaven's sake, I'm going to be wrong on my mind. Hello? Hello? Stop ringing me. Do you hear? Answer me. Who is this? Do you realize you're driving me crazy? Who's calling me? What are you doing it for? Now stop it. Stop it. Stop it. I say, hello? If you don't stop ringing me, I'm going to call the police. You hear? The police. I... Oh, oh if, if Albert would only come home. Oh, let it ring. Go on. Go on. Ring. Trick of some kind. I won't answer that one. Go on. Ring. 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 Act three of Suspense follows in one minute. At this moment, it's beyond mankind's capacity to guess what will occupy the attention of CBS Radio's Bob and Ray tomorrow night. It's possible they may be investigating such matters as the molecular structure of money or giving the recipe for vulcanized bison. Perhaps distinguished correspondent Wally Ballou may take us via the magic of radio to the broom garage of a witch. Or we may receive a report on our feathered friends from the bird lady whose discourse on the drag-tailed blockbuster recently created unparalleled apathy among bird watchers from coast to coast. Actually, you may not hear any of these matters. If you're courageous, though, take potluck with the boys. Anything they serve up is full of chuckles. That's Bob and Ray, weeknights at this spot on your radio dial. Laugh along, too, with Amos and Andy, Andy Griffith, and Burns and Allen on Comedy Time, Monday through Friday, on CBS Radio. And now. We continue with Act Three of Sorry, Wrong Number, starring Miss Agnes Moorhead. A tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! I can't stand it anymore! Stop it! Hello! What do you want? Stop ringing me! Stop it! Just stop it! Hello, is this Plaza 37599? Oh, yes. Yes, I'm sorry. This is Plaza 37599. This is Western Union. I have a telegram here for Mrs. Albert Stevenson. Oh, well, I'm Mrs. Stevenson. The telegram is as follows. Darling, terribly sorry. Tried to get you for last hour, but line busy. Oh. Leaving for Boston 11 p.m. tonight on urgent business. Oh, no. Back tomorrow afternoon. <laughs> Keep happy. Love, signed Albert. Oh, Oh, no. Do you wish us to deliver a copy of the message? No. No, no, thank you. Thank you, madam. Good night. <laughs> Good night. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't believe it. He couldn't do it. Not when he knows I'll be all alone. It's some trick, some fiendish trick. <laughs> Operator. Operator, try that Murray Hill 40599 number for me just once more, please. You may dial that number direct. Oh, I can't do it. No one will do anything for me. I... Oh, I... Oh, it's got to be this. 
could you? How could you? I can't be alone tonight. I just, I just can't. If I'm alone one more second, I'll go mad. I, I don't care what he says or, or, or what the expense is. I'm a sick woman. I'm entitled to a little consideration. <laughs> Information. Information. I, I want the telephone number of, of Hensley Hospital. Hensley Hospital? Do you have the street address? Uh, no, no, but it's somewhere in the 70s. It's a very small, private, and exclusive hospital where I had my appendix out two years ago. Hensley, H-E-N-C. One moment, please. Uh, well, please hurry, and please, what is the time? You may find out the time by dialing Meridian oh. 71212. Oh, for heaven's sake, I've no time to be dialing. The Henchley Hospital is Butterfield 8. Registry, please. Who was it you wish to speak to, please? I want the nurse's registry at once. I want a trained nurse. I want to hire her immediately for the night. I see. And what is the nature of the case, madam? Nerves! I'm very nervous. I need soothing and companionship. You see, my, my husband is away. Have you been recommended and I... to us by any doctor in particular, madam? No. And our superintendent has asked us to send people out only in those cases where the physician in charge feels it is absolutely necessary. Well, it is absolutely necessary. I'm, I'm a sick woman. I'm, I'm, I'm very upset. I'm alone in this house, and I'm an invalid. And, and tonight I overheard a telephone conversation that upset me dreadfully. In fact, if someone doesn't come at once, I'm afraid I'll go out of my mind. I see. Well, I'll speak to Miss Phillips Miss as soon as she comes in. Miss Phillips? And what is your name, madam? When do you expect her in? Well, I really couldn't say. She went out to supper at 11 o'clock. 11 o'clock? But it's not 11 yet. Where's my clock? Oh, my clock has stopped. Oh, what time is it? Just 15 minutes past 11. Oh, what was that? What was, what, madam? That, that click, just now, in my own telephone. As though someone has lifted the receiver off the hook of the extension phone downstairs. I didn't hear it, madam. Now about... But I did! There's someone in this house. Someone downstairs in the kitchen and they're... They're listening to me now. They're... I won't pick it up. I won't let them hear me. I'll be quiet, Mamelty. But if I don't call someone now, while they're still down there, there'll be no time. I've got to get the operator. 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 I'm uh, I'm in desperate trouble. I'm sorry. I cannot hear you. Please speak louder. I don't, I don't dare. There's someone listening. Can you hear me now? I'm sorry. But you've got to hear me. Oh, please. You've got to help me. There's, there's someone in this house. Someone who's going to murder me. And you've got to get in touch with him. There it is. Did you hear it? He's, he's put it down. He's put down my extension phone. He's, he's coming up. He's, he's coming up the stairs. Oh, give me the police department. Give me the police department. One moment, please. I will connect you. Please. Get the police. Get the police, please. Oh, my God. I... What? What do you want? 
Sorry, wrong number. Don't worry, everything is okay here. Suspense. In which Miss Agnes Moorhead starred in William N. Robeson's production of Sorry, Wrong Number, written by Lucille Fletcher. In a moment, the names of our supporting players and a word about next week's story of suspense. Supporting Miss Moorhead in Sorry, Wrong Number were Jeanette Nolan, Virginia Gregg, Ellen Morgan, Joe DeSantis, Byron Kane, and Norm Alden. again next week when we return with The Crank Letter by Walter Black. Another tale well calculated to keep you in Suspense. Listen every week to Suspense on CBS Radio. Thanks for stopping by. Remember to tell a friend about Roy's Diner and send us a review next time you have a chance. We bring new episodes every Wednesday and Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. We're a proud part of the 1001 Stories Network, heard worldwide with listeners numbering in the millions. We hope you stop by again soon. Thanks for being with us.